Welcome, beautiful one, to the Remarkable Souls podcast. I'm your host, Ann Ribley, here to share with you insights, inspiration, and interviews on what it means to become a remarkable soul. Ready to claim your worthiness? This is a big topic. And I know myself personally that I had went through what I felt was like the big initial frontier of really looking at what does it mean to claim that worthiness in my life and to get into alignment. And then from there, I feel like this past year, it's been a major revisit. And I feel like I cut down a huge weed of living and unworthiness and some capacity in my connection. And it was unbeknownst to me. And I feel like this past year has really been about going to the root of it and pulling it out. So in today's episode, I want to talk about what it means to really name and claim your worthiness. Because the minute we can name something and claim it, we begin to make the connection truthful, strong, and real, and cleaning up something and clearing something. Because when it remains unnamed and unclaimed, it lives in the land of confusion and it can cause us to wander around in life choices. So life circumstances rarely unfold in a straight chronological line exactly the way that we want it to. It doesn't matter who we are, how much claim or fame, fortune, no one is exempt from this experience and journey that we all have to travel through to choose and honor our life with true happiness and respect and worthiness. That true happiness and respect that is born out of rediscovering something that's already there within us. True self-love, honoring, worthiness, walking ourselves out of the forest of self-betrayal, denial, disconnection, disassociation with. For me, it was over 11 years ago when my life had spiraled into such a frenzy of complication my life was on a full throttle of doing more and more to make it right. I was running my life then with so much efforting is what I'd like to call it. Not just effort, efforting to get that feeling that I could never quite get to. I could never run fast enough to that feeling. At that time, I was married to my former husband. It had been 10 years before we started having children. And Initially, in my 20s, people looked up to us. They thought we were this amazing couple that many others looked up to to emulate. And the truth of the matter is, is that the level of maturity that we had at that time and that point in our lives, maybe we were. But once we started having children, the stakes of our life changed. I know I felt it for myself personally as my firstborn began to watch our lives 
And I started to understand the power of the hardwiring and the forming and the foundation of who this little human being was going to become and what was he witnessing. I was so run by my own personal fantasy of what a family should be that when I wasn't being treated with respect, I shoved it down. I shoved it down all in the name of keeping the family peace. I kept living in how I imagined a family was supposed to be. I remember distinctively, I was pregnant with my second son. I realized how much life energy I was spending nurturing others. My husband at the time, my two and a half year old son, and now this new growing baby inside of me. And it was all happening at the expense of my own inner well-being. It was not sustainable. My life began to slowly become exhausted in every sense from all the outpouring without replenishing myself on the inside. It was during my second pregnancy that defining moment happened where I became consciously aware of how much emotion I was shoving down inside of myself. Where was I shoving it? Deep down inside of me. What was inside of me? A growing baby. I knew it wasn't right. I knew it didn't feel good. And at that time, I didn't know what to do with this emotion. I didn't know how to correct what felt like an imbalance. So I began to fight back for the injustice that felt like was happening on my personal family life. I fought back with rebuttals. When disrespectful words were spoken to me, I sounded like a nag asking for what I thought was fair reciprocation to nurture our family unit. I continued to push the full throttle efforting stronger, more, harder, faster into a business venture that I thought this will give me financial freedom and then I will have my respect. I can make everything okay. I was under the illusion that financial power would give me the respect that I craved to keep my family unit intact and somehow everything would just work itself out okay. But as time passed, my husband and I did become more at odds. The business venture that I had at that time was not working, and I didn't even like what our relationship had become. The whole landscape of our life had changed now, with having kids, being further along in both our professional careers, and it felt like our relationship could not keep up with the demands of the responsibility both in business and in our family that each of us had created You know how that moment happens when that one person says that right comment at the right time and somehow the world that was upside down flips itself in a new way, in a new understanding, and you're never the same. That's what happened to me when my sister-in-law said to me, what has happened to the two of you? You used to be the light in our family and now you're both the darkness. I remember that her comment penetrated me to my soul. It kept repeating. She was right, I thought to myself. 
look who I've become. I spent so much of my energy fighting back and trying so hard, efforting so much to make it right. And I was living a life that this is not who I am. I felt so outside of my life. This is the comment that I say often is I felt outside of my life as if someone else was living inside my life and the life that I knew I was supposed to be living was on pause somewhere else, somewhere in the distant future. As if I was like across the street looking in at another life that was happening and the real me was outside of that life. I remember how I felt like this is it. I'm putting down this sort of blame, self-defense. I'm taking the blindfold off. It literally was like in my life, I felt like I was just taking the blindfold off. I was going to see my life now through the lens of my own true eyes. I surrendered. I remember picturing in my driveway white flags of surrender. I didn't have all my answers, but I gave up all that exhausting efforting and trying, trying to fix him, trying to fix it, my life, hot wiring and fixing all these aspects of my outside circumstances to just to try to find that sovereign connection that was already there inside of me. I was going to trust in that, connect to that, know that. And it was during this time that my brother, and I swear I call him my earth angel, said to me, you are so much more than this whole experience, than what this whole hot mess I felt like had become in my life. Stop giving your power away. I remember him saying to me, you don't need anything from anyone, no one, not your business partners, not your husband, no one. Just start living your truth. I began making choices that would support me now instead of letting me continue to free fall away from my life. I began to look up into the light of my life, to embrace the truth of my natural worthiness, to claim my happiness and to walk back inside my life. Everything started to change. Some things change very quickly and instantly and other aspects were slow and they unfolded step by step. What I've come to learn now is that giving our power away, it's more of a symptom than it is the problem. When we give our power away to someone or something outside of ourselves, it's because the connection to our true inherent worthiness was disconnected, disowned, disassociated from our true sense of self. And whenever we disassociate from our true sense of self, We end up doing so many unconscious acts of people-pleasing, saying yes when we should be saying no, saying no when we should be saying yes, or not even having the authentic connection understood to ourselves, known to ourselves between what is our yeses and our noes. It's as if we get carried away in a current that's constantly pushing us to do more. Doing more shows up so subtly that it can often be undetected and years go by before the toll is even understood or the price is paid for the toll. Oftentimes it shows up later as a health crisis, a financial crisis, a career crisis, a relationship crisis. 
And the most detrimental effect of the depleting effects of our life energy getting overextended with the constant doing is that it's viewed most often as a highly productive functionality. Overworking, overgiving, constantly busy, constantly fixing something, someone. And we do it because we're a great problem solver, a great giver, a great helper, a doer, teacher. The list goes on and on of the areas in which we have a high capacity to give and show up in our lives to help with. And it's all being driven by an unconscious driver to do more because somehow we're not enough. We need to do more. We're not enough to claim and to understand and be connected to our worthiness, to be in rhythm and balance with our giving and receiving and our value exchange and how we're showing up and our inherent worthiness. Then there's a whole nother level to needing to be more, the constant push of never being complete enough within ourselves. The most obvious one that runs rampant, that the vast majority of people are not even happy with their own physical bodies. If we were just to eavesdrop in on the level of contempt and judgment and harshness that is spoken about our bodies, not liking our bodies, Imagine if we spoke to somebody we loved with the level of contempt and judgment, the way we talk to our own bodies, from all the different aspects to how we don't even like the various parts of our body. All the pushing, rushing, running toward a feeling that we never get to quite arrive at shortchanges ourselves to what it means to be in a place of self-love and honoring. The constant external push of never quite being, doing, or having enough blocks us from the connection that can restore our deep sense of worthiness so that we can rest inside of our lives Our very own bodies right now need that from us. I would like to offer to you an invitation right now to find your way to create a practice around self-love and honoring your worthy self. You are worthy of your best life right now because that's all you have is right now. And how you got to go about it is getting radical with self-love and self-kindness to nourish that worthiness that's ready for you right now, to heal your life. With all the teachings I've done in the last several years about the power of doing moon rituals as a way to reestablish our rhythm in letting go and intentionalizing in sync with the nature around us and connecting to that, to the nature of ourselves in a real true way, that has transformative and healing powers, the number one thing that I have found that can allow us to go deeper in relinquishing and restoring and creating that which we want to manifest is connecting 
to our true sense of worthiness. That's why I put together this inspiration collection, Nourishing Your Worthiness, and it is set up in a way that there's no financial barrier to anybody being able to access these tools. So you can use them to deepen, to shift, and to own and reclaim your inherent worthiness. That is your divine right that sits in the well of your being, your well-being. And I hope you give yourself the gift of that practice, nourishing your worthiness. You can find more information on how to obtain this inspiration collection at annribley.com. Namaste, my beautiful one. Namaste.